Gary Streisky just leveled the most backhanded, not even compliment. <laughs> Tell the people what you just said to me. First of all, it wasn't a backhanded compliment. It was just an observation and a subsequent compliment. I walk in and there's an air about the room that's a touch different. Can't quite pinpoint it, but then, ah, I notice immediately something on Elle. Now, it wasn't her hair, wasn't her makeup. Elle, you always look wonderful. But I was like, huh, why are you wearing jeans? <laughs> I was like, you got, you got something special before the taping? <laughs> Gary just said, essentially, did you do something special that precipitated you wearing real pants on the show? <laughs> so, Oh, listen, I mean, I did. It wasn't that special because the jeans got holes in them. So I know that it wasn't very important, but I knew you had something prior to this. If I wasn't already down, Gary, I'll have you know. Talk to me. Um, that in times of great stress and discomfort, being that I was raised in the sport, welcome to the L. Duncan Show with Gary Streisky. I get incredibly superstitious. And uh, for weeks, who am I kidding? For a couple of years now, I've just chose the track pant route. I'm a big athleisure person. Sometimes, if I'm being honest, pajama pants will do. We have so much in common. But I've been doing that, and um, my braves are yet again staring down the barrel of an incredible regular season ending at the hands of the Philadelphia Phillies. And so I said, you know what? When I went into that closet this morning, I'm going to put me on some jeans. Ooh. I don't know if that's going to help yep. or change the trajectory of this series. But it can't hurt. It certainly can't hurt. It can't because, hurt. Um, Although putting jeans on is painful across the board. It is. It's the worst pantaloon ever created. They're really uncomfortable. So, they were made for minors. Yeah. Like people who would go into mines for coal. Yeah, not and small gold, children. Not for children, although they do make jeans for minors, but we're talking N O R S. For people who were scraping their body against a rock and didn't see sunlight for 12 hours a day. Mm -hmm. And then when their shift ended, they would just go home, no sun, under the moon, just to do it all over again. Yeah. Quite lucrative for one Levi Strauss. Yeah. But again, jeans are the worst they, it was practicality at the time now yes. we've just gotten crazy i mean yeah. my jeans have giant holes in them yeah. and i bought them that way right yeah. like this is this is insane ludicrous yeah. but i'm doing all of this of course because as it sits here on this thursday that we're taping hours before first pitch of what could be an elimination game Don't in the so nlds even though god the bank was rocking last night so after the braves <laughs> beat the phillies in game two come back from down you know four runs five yeah. runs or whatever four runs they end the game on a historic double play that's never happened before mm -hmm. michael harris jr leaping catch some might say that what austin riley did rivals that of the captain and the flip i'm not saying that some whoa. might whoa okay they double up bryce harper yep. and i i remember at the time my group texts were going off people were laughing ah, i love that it happened to bryce harper like that guy, you know, the show group. When I come in yesterday, they're laughing like, I'm so glad that happened to Bryce Harper. That was hilarious. Damn, that's crazy because on your show group, you got a couple Orioles fans. I do. So that is, that's bold Zach. Yeah. Chris. 
Chris. But you know what I saw on that field when that happened amidst all the celebration, mm-hmm. relief that at least we wouldn't get swept? Dodgers. Why did you, why are you so pessimistic about the series going into it? You're the best team in baseball. Because it's the Phillies, because of what happened last year, obviously. Yeah, and, are, well, I mean, it's proving me right. They are a playoff team. But I think where I'm at now as I'm watching this, because I saw Bryce Harper, right? I saw that look in his eye. It's that nightmarish, crazy, psychopathic. And by psychopathic, I mean for sports terms. Dialed in. He's got another switch. He was so angry. I was like, oh, no, they pissed him off. Because Bryce Harper has been very quiet in the postseason. He has. And they were still winning games without any contributions from him. And I was like, oh, no, they pissed him off. And then apparently Orlando Arcia of the Braves says something to Bryce Harper along the lines of like, appreciate you, Bryce, or something. boy, Harper. boy, Harper. Not into a direct mic, but apparently in the periphery. Yeah, of, sure, 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 yeah. sure, sure. Allegedly. Legend, alleged, no, legendary things that we hear. Until Arcia, anyway. So then the Phillies wear the, you know, Colorado shirts yesterday. Now it's personal. First of all. Quite ironic. Now it's personal. You guys were in the World Series last year and you spent $200 million to get even better. It should have always been personal. The goal was always the World Series. And yes, this is going to be an upset if it doesn't go down the way that I hope because of the 104 wins from the Braves, because of the historic lineup that has been largely quiet. But let's not act like this is David beating Goliath, guys. Like... Shut the fuck up. So this happens. Bryce Harper goes off two home runs, multi-home run game in the postseason. They Six home runs. I mean, it's just it was exactly what I thought it would be, just an onslaught of Philly terror. And I think most fans can relate to me. At some point when you're watching a game and the outcome is inevitable, you start spiraling. And you start raging and railing against the man and the machine. And by like the fourth inning... It's me and my mom, Tony, diehard Braves fan. And now all of a sudden, all the rules need to change. They need to change the rules. This is not fair. They should reseed in the postseason because the Braves earned the best record. And what did they get for that? They have to face the Phillies. That's unfair. They should face the Diamondbacks. They should get the lowest seed. They should never have to face the seed. This is on MLB. They're the ones that did that. Insert the Dodgers. Insert the Orioles. They should never have a whole entire week off between series because that makes you rusty. And that is not what you need in baseball. You don't want rest in baseball. It's not good in baseball. And so this is on MLB. It's not on the Braves. So when your mom said that, what did you, how did you react? Hell yeah, mom. (laughs) Hell yeah, Tony. Couldn't have said it better myself. Because that's what happens when you're a sports fan. When you can't take any culpability for the inability for your team to show up, you just blame everybody else, right? It's a societal problem. It's It's outside of sports. It is. It's like anybody watching Marcus Smart. If he's not on your team, you're like, will the NBA please intervene with this flopping shit? He's on your team. You're like, I want this. Laying out for the ball. Have you ever found Sacrificing body. Have you ever found yourself so sad that you are seeking intervention from the man to help rescue your team? Not sad in that regard, El, because I think you speak to a, a, a larger epidemic that might be plaguing society, right? That's like, People don't want to take responsibility for their own actions. So the Braves dug themselves into this hole. They're doing it. They're suffering the same fate that they put on teams 
all across the regular season. Nick Castellanos, two home runs. Bryce Harper, two home runs. Long ball, long ball, long ball from the Phillies. That's yeah. how the Braves made their butter all season. And now their bats have gone dormant. So listen, you got, you got to own it. They're owning it. And they have a short runway to iron things out. To answer your question, changing rules on the fly. Not necessarily that, but before all of these rules changes that took place in MLB this year, bigger bases, pitch clock, I had the no one more shift. solution okay. that was going to speed up the game of baseball. It had nothing to do with the pitch clock. It had nothing to do with shifting. It had nothing to do with bigger bases. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the solution was? What? Eliminate one ball from the count. You shouldn't have to throw four balls to get a free base. Yeah. If your pitcher can't throw a strike in three opportunities, three opportunities, free base. That would have enticed pitchers to throw more strikes. They can control where they're going. Okay. It would have generated more offense. It would have saved pitchers' arms because yeah. they're getting te- 20, 30 balls thrown in the course of a game. I don't know why more people weren't on this. Maybe I was the initial brainchild of it and I just didn't have a platform at the time. Yeah. But now I have the L. Duncan show. But now Major League Baseball doesn't need me. I know, they fixed it. I think they should still get away with a, uh, do away with a ball. It's three balls, three strikes. So you think a full count should be 2-2? Two, 2-2 two. Two, two is a full count? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I know it's going to take, it would take some getting used to. It's weird. It's weird. Cut a ball. Game times would be shaved in half. <laughs> there used to be a rule that we would have at some tournaments, depending on the league or whatever, where you could only foul off a certain amount of balls yeah. and then you were out. I kind of was a fan of that. Although a big part of baseball is the ability to foul balls off until you can get the one you want, wear the pitcher yeah. down, make them stay throw alive. more pitches, hey, stay right? Choke up, stay alive. Stay alive as Choke long up, as possible. So it is a part of, and I think that to your point, that's why maybe your pipe dream was met with so much resistance because it is a deeply existential change to baseball. And I'm not sure they were ready for that. Are they ever ready? For, is baseball ever ready for that? But but they're not alone in the reseeding. It's just just the NFL reseeds in the playoff. I mean, 100%. NHL's behind, NBA is behind. Yeah. I can also get behind, I guess, seeding, but that's, that's the beauty of the game. Yeah, but again, I'm only bringing this up. I only care about suddenly reseeding MLB's playoff format because my team's not benefiting from it. Oh, you, oh, you, oh okay, so you, you know, be straight up. Oh, I don't give a <laughs> shit about the seeding in MLB. I only want it to affect my team. I only want to pick and choose when it applies to me so that I don't have to face the Phillies anymore. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, based off how the Braves are not playing right now and the way that the Diamondbacks are playing, you probably would have the same outcome whether it was reseeded or not. See, I don't receive that, though, because the Diamondbacks are not in our division. And it is, you know, there's something different about playing your division rival. They know us well. We know them well. The Phillies are one of the best teams in baseball, period. Mm. We should not have been forced to play them. Sometimes, though, something happens. It affects your team. You rage against the machine. You get what you want. Put jeans on. You put your jeans on. You get what you want. And it is a total and complete clusterfuck. Insert the New Orleans Saints. Fresh off a year where they were embarrassed in the Minneapolis miracle. The saints are ready for revenge. The saints go marching down the field. The saints are facing the Rams in the playoffs. And then Rams corner, Nikel Roby Coleman decides, I'm just going to lay Tommy Lee Lewis out, the saints receiver. 
Oh, wait, ball's not there, whatever, still laying him out. He would admit later on, yeah, I figured it was better to get the pass interference call than to let him score a touchdown. Only, there was no pass interference call. What flag? Because they missed it completely. I think most of you remember this if you're a sports fan. Where the hell are you going with this? Because of that, (laughs) they lobbied, did the Saints, (laughs) to change the pass interference rule. We should be able to review it, they said. So the league instantly makes a change after that game. Ah, okay. They're like, this can't stand. The Saints didn't end up getting to go and continue the postseason because of this no call. So we're going to fix this. And do you remember what a total shit show that was for the one year that they had the pass interference reviewables? Everybody thought everything was pass interference. Everybody it, thought everything wasn't pass it interference. It was a nightmare, <laughs> Gary. There was a hundred pass interference calls I believe that were actually reviewed and only like 20 of them were overturned the odds were horrible and they punted on it after one year so you just have to be careful for what you wish for because ultimately you just might get it you're the one asking for change (laughs) (laughs) I'm just here man I've been here three days (laughs) I'm wearing my pants all right let's get to the NFL let's get there we're there Thursday night baby 15 game. Yo, oh, funny. I definitely was not going to be talking about the Thursday know, night game. It involves the, the Broncos. Here's stop. the thing. This morning we had a bunch of, you know, teases, bump tees. We're going to commercial break. So we tease what's ahead, what we're going to be talking about when we come back from commercial. And I had to read a bunch of them. The Broncos 15 game losing streak to the Chiefs. What's the recipe for them to break? Oh, and I'm God. even thinking to myself, there ain't no recipe. There's no <laughs> recipe. They're not winning. No. I don't care who doesn't play for Kansas. They are not winning. Although, yes, it's an, it's a divisional game, divisional right, but like they're not winning. No, they're this, not. Gonna, this no. ain't happening. This thing's going to be over at, at halftime. Patrick Mahomes literally could play on one leg yeah. if he wanted to just go ahead and try and see. Mm-hmm. He probably could still beat the Broncos at this point. It also gives you a little peek, by the way, into how we do television. When you have a really horrible matchup, especially on a Thursday night game, which really kicks off the new yeah. week and it's bad. Start of the week, baby. we. When you're talking about it on air and when you're sort of promoting it, it's not our game, so we don't have to promote it as much. It's kind of like, you know, week five is loading. We've got there. Week six is loading. We've got this. We've got that. We've got the Broncos. Dan Orlovsky, (laughs) what possibility do you give the Broncos in upsetting the Chiefs if that were to ever happen, which was obviously a question that you have to ask our NFL analysts. Like, in what reality that exists right now would the Broncos have to do to pull off a massive upset? You know, at this point with Dan Orlovsky and film and the Broncos, we need to be asking him things like, when you watch the tape, are we totally certain that the Broncos know what a line of scrimmage is? (laughs) All right, but here's the thing. He had some answers. Are we totally sure that they know this isn't two-hand touch? Because watching them sort of would make you think they don't. He had some answers. I was like, you know what, Dan? You got a good point. The Broncos might pull this one. (laughs) Hey, but that's just the power of our analysts, man. They, they, They study tooth and nail. They see everything that we don't see and they give you a reason uh, albeit the slightest sliver of a reason why maybe just maybe if everything aligns it ain't ain't gonna happen we're just trying to sell you (laughs) you know we're trying to sell you but there's nothing more indicative of a bad week to start the new nfl week a bad game than the conversation that is currently circulating all over tv because you see friends if we have a great game like if this game tonight is the Niners and Bills or the Eagles and the whoever's. We are talking about this game. 
and this game alone, and we are coming up with 100 different storylines. But since we don't have that game, we're talking about, is it Bill Belichick or Tom Brady? Oh, there it is. Sometimes you just got to play the hits. Sometimes you just got to play the hits. It's like no new music's coming, so let's just play the hits because the crowd will like it. But wait, there's more, because after that conversation, MJ or LeBron, who's the GOAT? Could Serena Williams beat Roger (laughs) Federer? It's like, good God, we go back to the same bag. But this, of course, has been reinvigorated because on our very air on first take, Shannon Sharp, who I love so much, Broncos fan for life, love Shannon Sharp, you're my guy, weighed in and decided to share that he has come to a mea culpa Mm -hmm. when it comes to how he always viewed Tom Brady. I owe Brady an apology because I don't think I gave him enough credit or I should have given him even more credit. Brady is the largest eraser in pro sports. And I know you man crush fangirl drool over Tom Brady. You're on team Tom Brady was the key ingredient to the success, not Bill Belichick. It was never more evident than in 2020. And I know a lot of people, listen, over 20 years of a body of, of work between the two, there are arguments for both sides. 2008, Brady goes down, Matt Castle, leads the Patriots to 11-5. and five. Yes, they missed the playoffs that year, but, oh, yeah, see, Bill Belichick can get it done with any quarterback. Tom Brady goes down game one of the season against the Chiefs, and it's Matt Castle who steps in to lead a Patriots team to 11-5. and five. Nothing more indicative, though, after we get the entire body of work that Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay, a team that he signed with, of course, after leaving New England, a team that finished 7-9, and nine, the year prior with the same everybody. Everybody except was the, the quarterback. Same. Yes, except the quarterback. And wins a Super Bowl. Since then, New England has not won a playoff game. What I, I don't I just, I, what more evidence do we need? I don't um, think we need to make it rocket science. I don't think we need to present this as an argument at all. I think this is the stupidest argument of all time. Because you're rocking with Brady. No, no, it's not. No, I think it's stupid because these things are not comparable. Like, I think it's stupid to compare MJ to LeBron because they never had a chance to play against each other in that way. And, And eras are different, and we all understand that. But at least they both were players. How do you compare a coach and a... That's like saying, which one was it? Was it Richard Petty or was it Carr? It was his car. It was both. It was the talented Richard Petty that allowed himself to take advantage of an incredible car. But at the end of the day, he still had the best car at the track every single time. These are not comparable things. Tom Brady needed Bill Belichick in the same way that Bill Belichick needed someone that adopted to winning the same way that he did. They both just had this innate desire to win and do whatever it takes to win. And I think that the combination of those two things together is why we saw such an incredibly successful run. I have no idea if Tom Brady would have won another five more championships in Tampa Bay if he had had more time on his side. I don't need to know because he spent 20 fruitful years in New England and it was the best duo that we ever saw all time the most successful coaching quarterback duo ever and if you are to believe that that's because they worked in tandem like Tom Brady has said I think that makes more sense than trying to say was it Bill or was it Tom you you can't ever have an answer definitively in those things because they inform the other sure there's no Tom Brady went to a Bucks team that was 
loaded. They were loaded, loaded with after he got talent. There. The only thing they needed was a quarterback. He had Bruce Arians, who is like an offensive mastermind. We like to throw him. The situation worked out really, really well. And it was fun and knee-jerk in the moment to go, see, it's Tommy. But these are just not things that you can compare. I think the argument in and of itself is stupid. There's no validity. You can't compare who's more important, the coach or the player. I mean, on its face value, of course the player is the most important part. They have to go out there and actually do it. But to say, like, Tom somehow won because Bill is wallowing it, this is what happens after you lose a generational talent. Good God, Lord knows we know. We lost John Elway. It was a long time before we hand-plucked another one and Peyton Manning to come, and it's been a long time since. This is what happens. They are rebuilding. We wanted to believe because Bill Belichick's a genius, because of a five-game sample size with Matt Castle, because of a handful of games with Jimmy Garoppolo, that somehow Bill Belichick was going to be able to make sugar out of this roster sh and to Shannon Sharp's point, yes, Tom Brady was the great deodorant over where, what were at times stinky receiving cores, stinky running back cores, stinky defenses. Mostly their defenses were good. But this is just an invalid argument and I'm tired of having it and I'm not defending Bill Belichick here, but that's not how this works, you guys. There's a vehicle and then there's like a conduit. <laughs> Like, there's a conduit to being successful, and they both were the conduit to each other. I don't know what to do with my hands here, because first of all, Elle, you said you're tired, of having, you're tired of having the conversation. You brought it up. <laughs> I was perfectly okay with talking about baseball <laughs> or talking about other stuff, but you're the one who brought it up. Secondly, you could see poor Gary's face. Like his eyebrows are just like this the whole time. Like, secondly, somebody in the comments was like, look at this dude's eyebrows. I was like, what, what's wrong with my eyebrows? Sorry, I'm expressive. Um, secondly, That's a no Botox face, secondly, baby. I know. I know. Okay, secondly, um, great NASCAR pull there. Okay, just to the... Going, going but, Richard but I think, Petty. But I think I that's it, important totally though, Gary. I think those are the, that's like, that's the comparison. It's not like comparing Richard Petty versus no, Dale Earnhardt Jr. And because they did the same thing. Max Verstappen and Red Bull, far and away the best car. So I, I totally exactly. get it. It's However, the combination of but, both. You do F1. But, I, but, I'm, but I'm, I'm listening in between the lines here. And I know, of course, you can't say who is better. They, they play completely different roles. Who needed more who was the question I'm getting to. And Belichick needed Brady more. Belichick's the GM. He constructs the team. If it's a bad team, it's on Belichick. Sure. Brady helped correct that. And you were saying the Broncos example, no, nobody came in there to win meaningful games until Peyton Manning hand-plucked by John Elway to come in here, save the franchise. Yes. It wasn't a coach who was hand-plucked. It wasn't a position player. It was Peyton Manning, take you from this situation, plop you in here. The player's more important. I think... The Brady-Belichick, okay, that could be a tired argument, but across the board, the player is more important than the coaching in these scenarios, quarterback scenarios. Yes. Because you can get a fantastic player to go to a situation. Randy Moss, before he went to the Patriots with the Raiders, but in this specific argument that you don't want to have even though you brought it up, Brady. I would agree with you that yes, that yes, like relatively speaking, the player, of course, is the most important component. But what I mean specifically in these two, with this duo, mm -hmm. with, with this specific debate, 
a partnership that was the most fruitful partnership of all time. One that like probably will never be marveled ever again. Maybe Patrick Mahomes with Andy Reid, right? They doing commercials. And then are we going to be doing, are we going to be asking the same exact question? And I think it's because of this sort of, the last few years with Tom Brady in New England, it was very apparent that it was starting to become a rift in the middle. Mm -hmm. Like, is this Bill's team or is this Tom Brady's team? And I don't know where that came from. I mean, Seth Wickersham has an amazing book that really talks about sort of the fall of the dynasty and the dynamic of the relationships. But I just think that, like, this is not, if you're asking what led to six championships and the most dominant run, 20-year run we've ever seen in all of sports, both of them. That's what led to it. Both of them in conjunction with either one of them I think could have won on their own. I don't think either one of them wins six without each other. They both fed each other. Can't have soup without the sandwich. What? Do we agree that $10,000 is a very small price to pay? No. To be able? No. To y- Well... <laughs> To be able to, on primetime television, hit pay dirt and lift your shirt with a shirt that says Dallas on it as you're playing one of your biggest rivals. Yeah. George Kittle probably Mm. will be fine 10 racks for that. You're not supposed to have personal messages. You're not supposed to reveal stuff like that. Yeah. And so they beat the brakes off San Francisco. Dallas. I mean. Crushed them. Yeah, Dallas. They beat the brakes off Dallas. They can't beat themselves. He reveals the shirt. It's awesome. And now he's getting fined. 10,974 smackaroos. Dropping the bucket for that guy. You just remember that number off the top of your head? Hell, you know. What are you, a rain man? We're sports journalists. Um, Contrary to popular belief, we know some, we know, we know a little about a lot. That's how I describe my (laughs) job as people. Yeah. How much do you have to know? You have to know a little about a lot. Mm -hmm. And in some of those buckets, you should know a lot about a lot. Yeah. Anyway. I always say uh, jack of all trades, master of none. Boom. That one too. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, But I believe- Okay, in that context, yes. I believe that petty is the perfect place to shade when you're on top. I uh, have been vocal about this. I am always campaigning that if you are the top dog, you get to be petty. You get to be a graceless winner. You get to talk You get to throw shade. You just get to be- all around nasty if you want to until someone dethrones you. And I love the fact that that message has reached the Bay Area because Kyle Shanahan, the head coach for the Niners, on Wednesday when talking about this week's opponent, the Browns, and the tough test that the Browns' defense will face, he decided, yeah, I'll talk about the Browns and I'll throw a little pot shot at the Cowboys too. Um, I mean, this game is, to me, the biggest challenge we've had so far. I mean, thought that was going to be Dallas, too, um, going into it. We thought that was going to be Dallas. That's good. That's just stream of consciousness. It just, like but it was, such a, it was such a subtle read. It was yeah. so beautiful. This is going to be a huge challenge. I mean, we thought it was going to be those losers in Dallas, but they're a bunch of bitches, so that yeah. didn't happen. Yeah, which is what he actually said, but we played the edited version. Yeah, that was a cleaned so, up version. Yeah. Golly. But listen, hey, when you're on top... And when you're also George Kittle, a multimillionaire, 11K, dropping the bucket, paying homage too to the OG F Dallas. Yeah. Gary Plummer. Shout out to Gary's. Not very many of us out here making waves in the sports world. So my man, Gary Plummer. Yeah. What are your, what's your like Mount Rushmore of Gary's in the sports? Gary Sheffield. I'm glad you asked. Okay. Peyton Sheffield. Uh, Peyton the third. Okay. Not junior. Yeah. No, Peyton the second. The rather. mitten. Uh, 
The mi- <laughs> Not the glove, the mitten. <laughs> he's, the, he's the man. Gary Trent Jr. Okay. Um, and I believe I believe that rounds out. And then uh, Gary Sanchez, um, Twins catcher. Yeah. I believe he was with the Twins most recently. Yeah. Um, but there, n- there's not many of us. Not not many not many Garys out there. I just want to acknowledge that that was a question I thought you maybe had never thought about before, so it would take you a second. But you've clearly thought about this a lot. You had that one ready. Oh, that's funny. In oh, the chamber. You must not watch SportsCenter Snapchat when I, I host when anytime there's a Gary that makes a highlight, we literally have a motion graphic banner that falls like royalty walking into a palace. And then it's an unraveling scroll with headshots of all these Garys popping up. Oh. Me included. Well, now that you've told me what it's all about, I'm definitely not going to watch. There's only like five or six Garys, so we got space. Okay. We got space for those future, all those future Garys out there that are in elementary school right now. Wait, do you think that your name, because of Snapchat, because you do speak to a younger audience, that you could be the new Jalen Rose, that you could inspire a new generation of Garys, that maybe 20 years from now, there'll be all these Garys that are playing sports and we'll be able to do... A thirty for thirty on the That'd be so sick. Yeah, on where it originated from Gary Streisky. I'm like it wasn't that damn snail. It was me, Gary Streisky. I kind of vainly every time I see like someone on like Facebook or Instagram with a baby and their name is L. I just assume it's inspired by yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little do you know that's baby Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys on Monday. <laughs>